재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 That was a whole epiphany, like kind of changed my whole mindset. There's a big risk, but at the same time, it's one of those things where if you don't do it, you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering what would have happened. So of course, I had to do it. The expression "home is where the heart is" came to mind. I'm already settled down here because you know my family's here. 
um, the way that you approach these solutions is you need a different structure. You need multi-skilled people. You don't want people that kind of just work with a particular discipline. You want people that can kind of flex and adapt and, and fill many different roles. When you first came here, was it uh, in some kind of corporate marketing capacity? Yes, yes, yes it was. So I, I originally came here in 2011 and I worked for WPP, which is basically the largest uh, marketing and advertising holding company in the world. It's a British-based company. I see. Um, so I, I've kind of done the very big stuff and here this is something smaller, which we're treating like more of a startup and I think it's got, from that respect, it's so much more opportunity to kind of shape it and make it something new and different. Are you kind of more of the corporate side of things, would you consider, or more on the creative side? Um, I'm more on the corporate or I guess business side of things um, but again I don't think you can just put people in buckets and say you're a creative person and yeah. you're a business person sure. I think an idea can come from anywhere it can come from the receptionist it can come from the juice lady you know like it's you just need to be open and collaborate and I think that's the most important yeah thing. those are that's kind of a false division nowadays it used to be you know you had the the snowboarding guys that would do the campaign and then the guys that would wear the suits and sell it but I mean everything's mishmashed nowadays isn't it definitely all right so you're in this lean mean little sort of startup marketing guerrilla team of uh, get the idea and get the idea executed that's your bread and butter thing then you have the, the forum, which is separate from that, right? Sorry, the forum? You're, you have this sort of East, East meets West kind of, you Well, know. I think East meets West is more of a philosophy in terms of how we're approaching things. So um, it's how we kind of select who we want to work with. Um, what we're also doing sort of outside of the formal business is looking for international Koreans, so people that have um, spent a lot of time overseas. They've got more of a global perspective, but they also really understand... Um, what's happening here locally. So that's kind of our criteria. Um, but I think more broadly, it's a conversation as well around where Korea is at, where it's heading, how do we kind of, you know, define and shape the creative industry as it's moving forward um, with technology and everything else that's here as well. So, Well, you know, the new slogan is creative Korea, right? Yeah, I think you heard that. Yeah. Um, and that started a whole bunch of buzz and uh, back and forth on the internet. Not all of it extremely polite. Some people of the opinion that, yes, of course, this is a creative country. Uh, or people that think it's less creative. Um, can you make generalizations about Korea or Korean business um, philosophy, business protocol? Uh, what What's your take on the state of creativity in Korea? Yeah, I think... It's been interesting for me because I've kind of been able to look at it in two different windows of time. And I think if you asked me this question three years ago, I would have given you a very different answer. Okay. I probably would have been a little bit more cynical as to the actual kind of sheer potential of, cre of Korean creative industry. Um, coming back now, though, you've got things like Panyo, Techno Valley with a $60 billion investment. Um, you've got kind of younger Koreans or millennials, which are very much adopted a global mindset. Um, you've got some amazing kind of young, and this is what I, when I say culturepreneurs, it's young Koreans, um, which are, have got, it's culture pluspreneurs. So they're kind of moving and shaping, um, Korean culture and they're appropriating things from outside, which didn't necessarily have any particular meaning here in the past. And they're mixing it with something completely unexpected and making something new. So because of this kind of collision type type thing that's happening within the creative industry, I would unequivocally say the Korean creative industry is on an amazing 
amazing um, trajectory and I think it deserves to sort of have a place alongside London, which is the birthplace of creativity, alongside New York, um, Paris to some extent, and that's kind of what I'm help, hoping to help help drive here. That's pretty big. That's either a lofty goal or a big statement, depending on how you frame that. You got to think big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's a profile of a of a culturepreneur, a Korean culturepreneur? Uh, is it somebody who's from perhaps a mixed background, somebody who's travelled and lived abroad, or are there homegrown Korean culturepreneurs that you can spot? Um, my experience is it's predominantly. Um, Koreans that have kind of grown up in a Korean environment or family, but overseas. Okay. So, you know, you've got guys that have come back and started it, started businesses like Vatos, um, but then they've put a little bit of a spin on it. So, you know, they've made, um, you know, fries, but they've added kimchi to the sure, fries sure. and that type of stuff. So it's people that are taking something they love from overseas, bringing it here, um, mixing it with a bit of the local and creating something completely new and unexpected. So. Yeah. Hybrids. Uh, people who exactly. are, their feet are planted in their own culture, but they've you know spent significant time abroad and and, and been displaced for however long. They come back and um, they're kind of bi bi or multicultural. What kind of stuff are you working on lately? I mean, in what spaces are you working? Um, you know, is it uh, is it is it retail ideas, fashion ideas? Where, where are you expressing yourself creatively? Um, we're, we're working across a range of stuff, so. Um, it really kind of ranges from retail brands in the alcohol sector to consumer electronic brands, um, even to sort of business to business type brands. So, again, we focus more on solutions. So, a client comes to us with a problem, um, and then we kind of brainstorm the type of marketing style that you need. So, we don't really say, look, this is a particular specialism. Um, but if we were to focus on um, a key pillar that we want to build, which is really kind of culture and content. Um, and that's most important to us. So, um, and in order to do that and do that effectively, um, and to make that interesting, you need to collaborate. So we've been out. We're meeting with kind of young startups um, in Panyo, um, trying to find you know kind of guys that are looking at the market differently and coming up with new ideas, and then sort of giving them a bit of a springboard yep. to launch those ideas. Content, unbelievably broad word. Uh, when you say content. You know, content is king. They've been saying that for 30 years now or so. What kind of content do you advise these young startups to, to leverage themselves with? Is it uh, video content? Is it uh, serial sort of social media content? Uh, what sort of content uh, do you think is key? Um, I think just starting to make it because everybody procrastinates with content and they talk about it and no one ever, ever actually does it. And I don't think it's it's about starting it, making something, recording something, capturing something, and then evolving it as you go along. Um, video is hugely important at this point in time. So every, every platform um, is sort of really experimenting and evolving that as a medium. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to do video. Um, oh, we, we're not necessarily talking about high-end produced video either. We're no. talking about smartphone video sometimes. It's like a scrapbook. Uh, the, the process is the product in a way, right? Yep, definitely. So it's and and people actually respond. They're more open to things that aren't produced at such a high level. So if it's more authentic, it feels more real. It feels like a more credible source or a more credible opinion, um, and you actually tend to get a better response rate from that. So we definitely definitely encourage that. There's a big sort of sentiment against kind of what I would say the traditional 
um, agency establishment here in Korea. There's a big movement away from that. Um, these are sort of massive corporations that are bureaucratic. Um, they're exorbitantly expensive. They've been built on a TVC model. They charge millions of dollars anytime they produce something. Uh-huh. And we're really seeing at the moment that clients have kind of gotten onto that and they're going, look, this doesn't need to be done this way. I can shoot something That's with right. my mobile phone. I have tools and apps um, in my pocket. Um, it's not that hard anymore. It doesn't need to be that expensive. That's and it. do you know what? It's not always better. So Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can designate this intern to go study, you know, a few editing programs and things like that, or this this uh, particular employee probably will come out pretty okay. I mean, the attention span for uh, video content anyway, it's like flowing by in a stream, and if you catch it, great, uh, but it's not lingering in people's uh, consciousness anymore. Have you had any interactions with, you know, you were talking about putting Seoul right up there with London and New York in terms of creative capitals. That must be music to government uh, officials' ears and, um, you know, various representatives at different levels. Have you had any interaction with those kind of types? Um, probably through Peño Techno Valley more than anything else. So that's sort of where a lot of the focus is. Okay. Um, we're starting a lot of those conversations now. So um, I've been here six, eight weeks back. So you know. Oh, you're just fresh back. I'm just fresh back. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so cut me some slack. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't changed the world in two months. Um, if you were to sit down with somebody, you know, say the Blue House Commission on this or that, Creative Korea, uh, what would you, from your gut, tell them is the key? Is it is it just a question of throwing money at it and saying, creating spaces like Pangyo, or is there some kind of secret sauce as far as you can recognize for, you know, uh, cultivating creativity? Definitely. I think it's um, two things. First is sort of the, the cultural environment. So you want to create environment that isn't a traditional Korean corporate environment. So a lot of creative agencies here still have a very corporate kind of look and feel and regulations and all this sort of stuff. So you want to create something like you would see in Silicon Valley or, you know, a major sort of tech office. Mm, Nap Um, rooms. Bean bags, you know. (laughs) Basketball hoops. Yeah, Skittles, like all that sort of stuff. So it's creating an environment. um, That's sort of the first thing that's really key. And that's actually quite rare here. Um, There's a lot more of it now than when I was here previously. But that's still um, a difficult thing to come by in the workplace. And the second thing is collaboration. So um, I truly believe it's sort of strength through diversity. So it's getting... Um, different ideas, different people from radically different perspectives or unexpected backgrounds together. So if you're talking about advertising, it's not someone with this amazing 20 years advertising pedigree. It's um, potentially someone... blog. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It could be. Um, so it's getting unexpected kind of people together and brainstorming things to, to come up with something new and different. So you say spending a lot of time out at Pangyo, uh, you're meeting these various young and sometimes not young Korean culturepreneurs. What kind of stuff are you doing? What, what, what projects are you doing with, with these kind of people or what projects are you advising or coaching? Um, I probably can't really talk about all they of those. You can't really talk yeah, about it. that's cool. In specific. <laughs> all right. In general, I mean, are we, we talking about uh, having powwows about branding and content strategies, that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. So what we find is um, a lot of kind of small startups in Seoul, um, they come in and there's kind of a guy with an idea and maybe a bit of a know-how and background in terms of how to actually bring that to life and produce a product or a service or software or that kind of thing. Um, what we find is because they're, they're not making money in that kind of incubation period, um, that they really need some, some help to actually 
um, one, start to sell it to potential angel investors, um, two, package it up and position it right in a way that consumers will respond to it if it's a consumer-facing product. If it's a product for business, again, how do you position that, that there's sort of... Um, it seems commercially viable or, you know, potential customers can see a return on investment. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of um, strategic advice. We're also finding um, there's a lot of um, uh, companies where they come up with an idea, but actually Korea is not the best market for it. So they want to go into the US, for example. So a lot of the work we're doing is in wellness um, and IT. So in that respect, actually the biggest market of them all is the US. They've got the obesity epidemic. Um, you know, there's a huge kind of government focus on... People don't want to go to a doctor because it's, it's expensive. Exactly. Uh, the healthcare costs in the U.S. are crazy. So anything you can do to, to enter that niche or that bridge between people's unwillingness to go to the doctor and incredibly expensive healthcare costs sounds wonderful. Yep. So, and then this is where East meets West kind of plays in too. So we're taking something here, but, you know, kind of packaging it up for a Western audience, um, advising them or connecting them with people locally over there. Like all that kind of stuff is, is what we're doing. And it's interesting. I'm always interested to, to ask what the state of crowdfunding is here in Korea or crowdfunding campaigns. I just saw this great documentary called Capital C. Have you ever seen it? No. It's so good. It profiles these five or six um, crowdfunders in the USA. And you get the sense after watching it that, yeah, okay, the manufacturing base, the the traditional manufacturing base may be dead or dying in the United States. But there's this whole sort of uh, green fields for people who are willing to be authentic, be creative, act on their own, take initiative. And I wonder to you know to what extent that applies here in Korea. You know, a, a small team of three or four guys or women here in Korea could say, "Okay, we've got this idea, this thing, and we're just going to take it straight to the crowd." Uh, do you encounter any of that kind of mentality over I, here? I haven't come across uh, much of that, but my feeling would be that that would work here because you still have this kind of collectivism sort of mentality it's still and kind of a by the book mentality like we've we've got to pitch it to an improper investment bank and that kind of stuff and get under the wing of somebody who's going to protect us and, and fund us yes yeah and and i think you know the korean government like rightly recognizes that and that's why there's such a huge investment in panyo it's yeah. creating an environment where they can come in and they still have all that support without having to kind of go out there. So, you know, if you look at another market, Australia or the US, there isn't that level of government investment and therefore people need other ways to fund their projects and that's why crowdfunding exists. I don't think crowdfunding is always the best. Okay. Um, But when it works, it works really well. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of roadkill, but uh, the success stories that that make it really do capture attention. I mean, the government here in Korea is very generous with things like hack spaces and workspaces um, and providing at least the the runway for these companies to sort of taxi down and lift off. Do you ever find that you experience culture shock still, or are you an old Korea hand? Um, it, no, it's funny. Even if I look back to when I first moved here, I just kind of blended in. Yeah? <laughs> and I don't know whether that's my Australian nature, because we're so easygoing, uh-huh. but I've also traveled a lot. My wife's from Brazil, and okay, so it, it was it was fine for me. I just kind of slipped in, so... Did she head back for the the games recently? No, no, no she didn't. didn't go back. I would no, no, too dangerous. Too da- <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, yeah, you, you, Koreans and Australians—is there a sort of a natural affinity there, or is that too broad of a statement? I guess uh, you know. Uh, we'll go straight. Australia is incredibly diverse. So I think we're sort of open yeah. and 
you know, there's a lot of similar values um, because of that more global mindset and probably that's the reason why we fit in so well. Um, but there's a lot of differences too. So, and you find that more, I think, in the workplace. The workplaces are radically different. Are you working chiefly with uh, Koreans nowadays or is it a, a half and half sort of uh, expats and Koreans or are you s- surrounded in an ocean of Koreans where you're working? Uh, we're in Korea, so definitely there's a lot of Koreans. <laughs> okay, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry know. for the Some... condescending uh, reply, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it, 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 sometimes it's um, it's half and half. Sometimes uh, there's a different ratio, well, it, or it, it, you're, you may be the lone expat fish. Sure. Um, I, I think you know Western Western. Uh, sorry, international international kind of profile. Like I'm definitely you know on the on the smaller scale of terms of the people that I'm surrounded by. Um, but I think it's a hard definition now because you've got, you know, predominantly Koreans that have grown up overseas and a lot of them have moved back. So, you know, how do you classify them? I guess that's kind of the question. Yeah. With the companies we're working with, we find, um, and we're working mostly with a lot of international companies because they kind of need the most help with kind of bridging east and west sensibilities. Um, they tend to have kind of a, a layer at the top, which is kind of a director level of foreign expats and then a predominantly Korean local work- workforce. But if you compare that to Australia, it's actually the opposite. So yeah. you tend to have a Korean layer of management and then a local workforce underneath. That's a whole separate uh, subgenre in and of itself is bridging the difficulties of a east and west Workforce. I mean, in, in general, what are the, like, say, the top two or three uh, targets in terms of problems that you deal with when you bridge east and west? Um, an example, I've worked with a lot of British companies operating here, and by that nature, we find there's kind of this clash between the bully-bully mentality... Uh-huh. And the aristocratic nature of a British company, <laughs> okay. where they want to debate everything, so it ends up being a lot of kind of really small debates over and over again over a period of time, and not always moving in the right direction. So that's one of the problems. Um, hierarchy and titles is another. That's yep. something which we always need to navigate around. I think it's very common. Expectations of overtime, maybe. And yeah, and, and expectations of overtime, work-life balance. Work-life balance. That is a key. There's a lot to be addressed, and you've got a lot of uh, work cut out for you, Josh. Joshua Peacock, here to help Korea take its place, its rightful place, among New York and London as one of the world's creative capitals. Joshua, thank you for coming in. No problem. Thank you. All right, and that's going to bring our Tuesday edition of Koreascape to a close. We are produced by E.Q. Huang with associate production by Jamie Lee, writing by Ju Hyun Hong. I'm Kurt Asian. For those of you in Seoul, Amy in the morning is up next. Hello, Korea, if you are tuning in from Gwangju or Yeosu. We'll see you tomorrow.